and welcome to the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr., where here we highlight the uncommon journeys of bridge builders and peacemakers that are living out their faith in the public square by boldly loving their neighbor and working together to build resilient communities. Our goal here on the Bold Love Podcast is to encourage you, the listener, to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. But we are really, really excited about this episode as we are honored today to speak with Dr. Ibrahim Al-Naimi. In his home country of Qatar, Dr. Al-Naimi is the undersecretary Secretary of the Minister of Education and has a long history of starting and leading colleges and universities. At the international level, Dr. Al-Naimi is recognized as a global ambassador promoting a culture of multi-faith relations. He has and continues to serve as the chair of Doha International Center of Interfaith Dialogue since its inception in 2007, which serves as a platform for supporting awareness of religious and cultural values in order order to address the problems and issues of concern to all people around the world. So we're privileged to be able to speak with him today. But real quick, a quick reminder that all of our podcast episodes from season one and a couple so far for season two are available to listen to on your preferred podcast player or at BobRobertsJr.com. Guests like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and Beth Moore and Omar Suleiman, Ambassador David Stapperstein and Ambassador Sam Brownback, Dahlia Mogahed and so many more great conversations. So please take time and go to check those out as well. Well, here we go. Please enjoy this episode with Dr. Al Naimi and Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. here on the Bold Love Podcast. I want to welcome you today to Bold Love Podcast. And I am ecstatic to have Dr. Abraham Al Naimi. Now, let me tell you why he's one of my heroes. I'm an evangelical Christian who's become friends with Muslims. And one of the first Muslims I became friends with was Dr. Al-Naimi. He has mentored me. He has taught me for the last 15 years, and I will always be indebted to him. Let me give you a little bit of background because there really is a unique story here. I don't even know, Ibrahim, if if you're aware of this, but I never knew any Muslims. As a matter of fact, uh, I was afraid of Muslims. I grew up afraid of communists from Vietnam because we had a war with Vietnam, and I was always afraid I was going to have to go and fight. And so our church uh, that I pastor, we begin to work in Vietnam, and, and many of my friends begin to push me, you need to go to Afghanistan and serve the people of Afghanistan like you have Vietnam. And I thought, no way, I'm not going to do that. They'll cut my head off. I didn't know Muslims. I didn't know what they believed. They were just people from the other side of the world. So I went to Afghanistan, and I became friends with, accidentally, with one of the top tribal leaders in the whole country and his son. His son is my age. And so we built a hospital together. We built schools. We built clinics. And I loved him. And he began to take, when he found out I was a pastor, he began to take me to meet all the imams all over Afghanistan. And so they became my friends. So here I am, a Baptist pastor working with imams from Afghanistan Afghanistan, doing humanitarian work. And I thought, you know what? These are supposed to be the roughest Muslims of all. And yet they're not. These are people that I'd come to love and admire. And they had an impact on me, dramatic impact. I began to think, what do they really believe? And even some of my views in the Bible that I just had handed down without studying the Bible, I began to question some of them. For example, 
uh, as Christians, we believe Jesus is coming back again. Now, how he comes back, people debate that in Christianity, a thousand different views. And here's the thing. The only thing we know in the Bible for sure about his coming back is that he's coming back. That's it. But I was raised where we believed all kind of crazy fantasies, like all the Jews had to go back to the Holy Land and things like that. Well, I began to read the scriptures and I found out I was wrong. And furthermore, I began to discover that God loved the Palestinians just like he did the Jews. And so I was invited to the first uh, Islamic World Forum and that was being held. And Dr. Ibrahim Al-Naimi was hosting that. And I was frankly invited because of a friend of mine. And I got there and I spoke in one of the breakout sessions. And I just made a simple statement in that session. And all I said was that as an evangelical, I love Israel, support the Jews, but I equally have come to love the Palestinians and I support Palestine. Well, those Muslims had never heard an evangelical say that. And so they pulled me off to the side. And the next thing I knew, I had all these Muslim imams. I didn't even know what a grand mufti was at that time, but I had two or three grand muftis and they wanted to talk to me. Now, how did you come to believe this, Bob? And, and then they began to ask me other questions. Why do you evangelicals, why are you so afraid of us as Muslims? And why do you like the Jews, but not us? Well, that changed my life. And from that, I wound up on a think tank from that event, Dr. al Naimi. I don't know if you even know that, but I wound up on a think tank of about 35 world leaders. Uh, some of them uh, were very good people and some of them not. But we got together, we began to talk about our different views and how to build bridges. And you've been a part of that. And when you come to Texas, I've had the honor of taking you to the best steakhouse downtown Fort Worth. And I've seen you in Washington, D.C., and, and I've just admired you. And, and I am ecstatic uh, that, that you are here with me today. So I just want to thank you and honor you and just let you know that I'm, I'm excited about that. So here's what I know. You're, you're a very uh, different kind of man in my book. Uh, forget whether you're Arab or Muslim. You're a very broad thinking man. I mean, you're friends with me, you're friends with all kinds of Muslims, you're, you're a leader, you're a world leader. I want to know about your background. How did you become this way? Were you raised this way as a little child? Or I'm just curious. First of all, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for inviting me to your podcast. And uh, I'm glad really to share this uh, few uh, minutes with you in this uh, podcast. And I hope I can add little thing to, to the, uh, the audience of yours. I know there are so many admirers of you and your work uh, worldwide, and I'm one of them. Uh, I like you. I like you so much. I like you, what uh, you are made of. I like what you are really uh, believing and really working in. So, and I, I, I wish I can give you all the support that I can, and I'll try to do that. And I've been doing this for, for a while, and we can talk about it later on. Uh, well, uh, I've been raised like any other Muslim, you know, I'm... Um, I'm, uh, uh, I was, uh, my, my family is a religious family. My father is a, an imam, okay? My grandfather was an imam. And uh, we've, been we've been raised uh, very uh, religiously, you know. Uh, then I had a chance to study in Qatar, to study in the U.S. I did my master's and PhD uh, in California, in University of Southern California, in chemistry. 
And I, I'm, an, I'm an educator. I'm a, a, a professor of chemistry teaching at Qatar University. I became the university, uh, the president of the University of Qatar. And uh, uh, I did a lot of work in, in the education. I'm now, I, currently, I'm the undersecretary of uh, education in Qatar. But also, at the same time, uh, since 2007, I, I wouldn't say I established, I was uh, appointed, I would say, to, to, to run or to, to, to establish this institute, which is the Doha, uh, Doha Center for Internet, uh, Interfaith Dialogue. Uh, and this DICID uh, uh, was an idea, it was not a, a reality. Uh, I sat together with a group of um, scholar, scholars, uh, religious scholars in Qatar and academics, and we thought um, since this uh, what was the leader of the Qatar, the the, the Emir, then uh, the Sheikh Hamad bin Khalifa Al Thani, the the father Emir, that he's he started the first, I would say, the first um, Arab conference between Muslims and Christians in two thousand three right after the aftermath of the 9-11. And uh, that, that conference with leaders from both religions, Islam and Christianity, got set together and discussed issues of, you know, uh, of importance at that time. Well, as, as you said, why, why we, are, we are different? Why we, are, we have some struggle? And we, why do, how can we come around and build relations and build uh, networking? Then uh, this, that was the first conference in 2003. The second conference, again, Muslim leaders and Christian leaders got together. The, 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 the conference grew up uh, the second year. And, and at that year, they, 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 those who met at, at that year, 2004 said, well, why don't we include the, the Jews uh, as, a, as the third monotheistic religious religion and, um, um, to, to, to be part of this uh, uh, event and then they got together in 2005. At that conference, 2005, uh, we, the, whoever was then at that time, they said we should have a legitimate uh, entity. So the, the center, the Doha International Center for Interfaith Dialogue, is the uh, uh, right entity. So I, we established it at that time, and then from there, uh, I was in charge of that. Uh, I'm the chairman of that board, and I'm still the chairman of that board. And we've been running the, 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 the interfaith conferences since then. So I think my, um, my, uh, my background as, a, as a, an, a normal, natural, Qatari, Muslim, Arab person, uh, really we have no, uh, uh, nothing against any religion. Uh, we in, in the Gulf, Qatar or all the Gulf countries, uh, uh, since we, since since I was born, and even before that, we have seen non-Muslims, uh, non I would say, living in Qatar, including Christians, Hindu, Buddhist, um, Jini, uh, all uh, coming from mainly from the from uh, Central Asia and uh, Southeast Asia to come and work in in, in, in Qatar, and so. So we have never had really any bridge, uh, bridges, um, uh, nothing against them, uh, against these uh, uh, these uh, people or their religions. So I, first, I think I represent all the Qatari people, all the Gulf people that we 
are uh, we are welcoming the, the, the other religions with no, with no disc discrimination against them. I'm curious, your father and your grandfather were imams. Did they get upset with you when you didn't become an imam? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think what, what they want me to, to, to do is to be a, a real Muslim, a good Muslim. Yeah, that you do your, your uh, dues, do your prayers, uh, respect the others, love the others, really don't hate for just the hate, okay? Build relation with ev everyone. So they gave me the chance to go travel uh, to the U.S. and to different parts of the world without no, no hesitation because they found that they raised me well, they can live in any uh, secular uh, society. And I so, think this, uh, this is what's happened. So we, we would call you in America what's called a preacher's kid. Your dad being yeah. a mom, he's a preacher. So I'm a preacher's kid, too. So I, I didn't know that about you. That's that's fascinating. You seem to take your faith serious. When I've been around you, I've been with you when you have, have prayed and we've talked about faith. It seems to me not just to be your religion, but it seems to be something that's very deep in your heart. Is that true? True. I think I think I uh, and it is like it's like my mission, my mission is really to to support all the efforts to build relation between between Muslims and non-Muslims in my country. But when we, when, when we open up to the world after the 9-11, I think I felt that, that this, this issue should be respected all over the world. I mean, uh, it is my duty as much as your duty, and I think the duty of all the uh, uh, listeners uh, to, to your podcast, that they, we have to be uh, all messengers. We should be all messengers of peace, messengers of love, or support each other. I think this is, this is what we should do. I've really admired uh, the way that Cotter handles conflict. Uh, you know, a lot of countries, well, if you disagree with me, you can't come here. I don't want to have a conversation with you. What I have admired about Qatar is you're willing to talk to people you disagree with. And I'm impressed with that because how can we bring change if we're not willing to talk to people we disagree with. And I've, sure. been to, I've been to Doha and Qatar, and I have found it very wide open, very accepting, very affirming, uh, in no way narrow. And I've been grateful for Qatar. Uh, the relationship between our country has been strong. Uh, a lot of Americans don't realize uh, the largest naval base in the Middle East uh, is there. If I'm not mistaken, I've been told that. So the relationship that we have is is good, and I like that. You mean the 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 base? One one of the largest base, not naval. It is it is like a, more like a, um, airspace. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, right. yes, yes, yeah. So it is one of the largest maybe in the world, right? Yeah, I agree. We are, it, it, uh, we have more than ten thousand Americans and now in the base, living in the base, and I think the base will grow. Even larger than that, and these people, they or they come. Luckily, they uh, we have a chance at the center to meet with so many of them, so many of their uh, leaders as well, who come and go to Qatar, and we invite them to our uh, conferences. We also invite them during the Ramadan for for some um, feasts at, at at night, and it was really interesting to to meet uh, a lot of of them regularly. You've taken, I would say, a bold move. Uh, Qatar, you have personally at DICID, where you bring people that you disagree with together to talk. Why, why do you do that? Why not play it safe 
it, you know, you, you, some people get upset when you do that, but I've been very impressed that you're willing to talk to people you disagree. What makes you that way? What makes Qatar like that? Why did it take that unique path? I think we, we, we have some taboos, at, unfortunately, around the world, maybe in the, in the Arab world as well. Uh, you know, from years of, um, of uh, oppression, or years of um, distrust between Muslims and um, maybe Christians in particular, uh, uh, it, it, it made a lot of countries, a lot of people very hesitant to, to, um, to, to open up to the others. To the, I think Qatar has has doesn't have that um, uh, issue in the in our minds. We don't have this issue in our minds. In fact, we are open to to all our um, if enemies if there are enemies. We don't. I don't think we have any enemies. We have, we have some sure. issues with our neighbors and but but it's not really we we, we don't consider, we don't consider them enemies. But but again, I agree with you. I mean. Qatar has, has nothing to hide. It is a country that thinks that we have to always uh, talk in, 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 uh, in, the Arab world, in the Arabic under the sun. We have to not to hide anything, to, you know, just, just speak up your mind. I'll speak up my mind, and then we can come, out, uh, come up with, with a uh, resolution, if you wish to say, to call it, or, uh, a, 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 a compromise, an answer. Whatever, but but we should not hide our feelings, our um, impression about you. So 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 all all my 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 work with you, all my relations with you, built on on, on distrust. This is this is not the way Qatar works. So this I believe that therefore Qatar tried to, uh, and success successfully did. Uh, supported the Lebanese um, uh, dispute, and at certain time when it was always there was like a, um, a civil war in in the early two thousand. Uh, uh, in Darfur issue, it's 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 there been there for years to support the the peace resolution, and then in Darfur, I think now currently the 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 the. The, the negotiation between the different parties in Afghanistan uh, and and the early uh, agreement with Afghanistan and the U.S. was signed in Qatar and the, the discussions or the, uh, uh, the negotiations ongoing in Qatar. So all this tells you that we are serious about investing a lot of time, efforts, and even money in order to help these people come together and, uh, and uh, solve uh, their problems for the peace in their country. You've become a country of, of a symbol of religious tolerance and religious freedom. Uh, some of the first churches uh, on the Arab Peninsula are, were in your country. Uh, and, and like you said, you have different religions that are present. Tell us a little bit about the path of religious tolerance and religious freedom in Qatar. Uh, you're, you're a trailblazer there. Tell us, tell us how it came about. We have we have some information. I I, I just I, I have to read it to you, so probably uh, okay, that's can fine. make things easy. Or back in two thousand four, the Father Amir decreed the permanent constitution of the state of Qatar to be ratified, where it states that, unquote, the constitution upholds uh, personal uh, liberty, safeguards equal rights, duties, and opportunities for all citizens, and protects private ownership. 
It protects the freedom of expression, the press and religion, as well as the right to, to education. So this Qatar law really protects the, the, the freedom of religion for, for the Muslims, Christians, or other uh, religions that have been uh, practicing Qatar. And, and from there, okay, the government of Qatar gave the go-ahead for the churches to establish their own uh, building. The, the, the emir himself donated a big land. I, I don't know if you have a chance to, to visit, uh, but I, I think you, yeah, yeah you have, uh, yeah. So this land has been, uh, been donated by the, by the emir himself, Sheikh Hamad, to, 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 the, to the people uh, of uh, a Christian faith to build uh, different churches. And uh, I think at the moment there are about eight churches and there are more churches uh, are under construction so the people can practice their, their faith in, in a peaceful way. So, so this, is, this is an issue for Qatar. It is, 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 um, uh, it, uh, it is that essential to have this, uh, the worship places um, built and uh, given the right to, to, to citizens as well as experts to practice their, uh, their, their religion in peace and, in, uh, and with, no, with no harm from no one. So given the history of how it came about and your practices and what you're doing about that and the different uh, faith institutions and places of worship that are being built there, what do you see for the future in the world on issues of religion and faith? How do you see us moving forward? Where do you think the world is? Where does it need to go? Well, uh, Bob, you know, uh, in the past, we, ha we had faced, as you said it, we had faced the, uh, uh, the left. Uh, the leftist, uh, like um, um, the left, or the left movement, was uh, all over the world. Now, now we 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 see a lot of people going to the right uh, movement. Uh, yeah. So, so, so the pendulum was uh, going from one end to the other. I would see that the pendulum will will settle down one day at uh, neutral, and here I think. We that's what we you and I and all the listeners and all over the world those people who are who are really after building peace, building uh, harmony. Uh, we have to work for that uh, day when we see the the, the neutrality, neutrality became the, the 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 norm. Here, I think we can succeed by building really a, um, a, 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 and, and I would say the. A, a, a whole uh, society, a, a, a global society, where where there is uh, the left and the the right are are minimal, and the, the the majority will be in the middle. Those people, and this is what Quran says: we have to be, we are, uh, we Muslims, we we are a middle people. We should be always a, mid, a middle people, and I think we expect the people uh, naturally to be at the middle. Not to be, not to be leftist or rightist, just middle where we we can. Uh, if we work for that moment, to 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 all of us put hand in hand, I think we'll succeed to build a very um, peaceful society. I have a friend, Chris Seipel. He calls it the radical middle, and I think he's right. And and I and I commend you for the concept of what you're looking at, working towards a middle ground where we can work together. I think. 
If we don't do that, then we're constantly responding to the extremist and defining our world in that terms. I think it's sad what we see going on in the world. You're right. It's a strong move to the right. We see it in Hinduism. In my country, evangelicalism, we've seen it leading uh, some that are involved in white supremacist groups. Uh, Who would have thought you would have had extremist Buddhists? But now we see parts of the world where actually, sadly, Buddhists are persecuting uh, the minorities in their country. So I think it's a human condition. I think a lot of us had the idea. I know Christians did. You know, we thought, oh, we'll never be terrorists or persecuted. And it's just not true. And uh, I think all of us uh, have to deal with that. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I've known you over the years and you've invited me to your events. I've spoke at them. I've enjoyed them. I've always been honored and grateful. Uh, But a lot of people uh, don't realize the very first time we brought Muslims and Christians together from around the world was in Qatar. Uh, Imam Majid and I were at an event that an NGO and and the State Department from the U.S. sponsored, uh, where there were some, let's say, extremist uh, religious leaders from Pakistan, not all extremists, but some. And there were uh, Catholic priests and uh, evangelicals. And so we did a big event in uh, Kathmandu, and Majid and I came up with the idea, we need to do a retreat. And so we started in America because Americans are concerned how Christians are treated in Pakistan. Pakistan are concerned how Muslims are treated in America. So we did our first one at a cowboy ranch right outside of Dallas, Texas. So 12 pastors, 12 imams from 12 cities. And I had to beg and plead to get the pastors there. I mean, they were saying, Bob, why are we going to have a retreat with Muslims? I mean, we don't even know, no Muslims, let alone imams. But in the first day, Ibrahim, uh, they were afraid of one another. They just looked at one another. They were very quiet, but we teamed them up. By the third day, they were laughing. They were having fun together. And then we wanted to do it somewhere in the Middle East. And I think it was Majid reached out to you. And you graciously said, come to Qatar. I mean, I was blown away. You flew in the imams and the pastors and the priests from Pakistan, and we did the same retreat. And then we, you also brought in the American pastors and imams. And we wound up meeting and we talked about how we would stand up for one another. And it led to an event in uh, November or October of 2015 at the National Cathedral where we signed a joint statement of religious tolerance. And we had Religious leaders come from America, even some from around the world. But you did that. I mean, you took a chance. I mean, we're evangelicals. We have the most negative view of Muslims of any group in the world. But you opened your country up to us. Why in the world would you do something like that? Well, you said it clearly. I I thank you for explaining it to the audience. I think I remember when we at, at the uh, breakfast prayer in 2014, I think, when uh, you and Imam Majid, we, we sat uh, you know, uh, there in Washington and you, you came up with this idea. And I found it really a um, uh, brilliant idea because we, we hear, we know what's going on in Pakistan at that time. We hear and we are sadly of the 
of what happens is to our uh, Christian brothers in, 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 in Pakistan. Uh, some leaders have been killed by uh, unknown people and uh, and really it was, it was a very sad situation like in the, in the in those years, 12, 2012, 2013, 14, something like that. And, and the situation in the U.S., you, you explain it very clearly. I mean, there are the issue of Muslims in the, in the, in the U.S. after the, uh, the 9-11, it was, it was really a sad uh, story as well. So uh, when you came up with this idea, I, I thought it was a really brilliant idea. And uh, I, again, when, when I came back here and I discussed with my board, they, they loved it. They said, yes, we should, we should do it. We should uh, give all the support because I think if we, bring these uh, religious leaders from both uh, countries. Yeah, I mean, not all of them, but we brought very good, very good leaders, well-known well, well in, in Pakistan, and you brought the guys uh, from the U.S. that you know them, and you see they were really uh, very uh, great uh, leaders. And, and when they came, and they, uh, we, just, we just provided the venue, we provided the logistics, uh, we didn't try to interfere on you know, what, what, what their agenda. What, uh, you built you build it yourself, and Dr. Majid. And we've seen the, the fear in their eyes of how to meet with, with the other party. Imagine you're talking about the Americans, Muslim and Christian, they cannot, you know, they, they fear sitting, sitting with each other. Imagine bringing the, the, the Pakistanis with their dresses, with, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 not really, it's not really pleasant. Um, uh, gathering, but but you did good job. You did a great job. In fact, you 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 broke the ice at that uh, that uh, the first meeting. Yeah, we and and they. I think both parties, especially the, the Pakistanis, they felt safe. They felt they are in in, in their country. They felt Qatar is really their home. So they, so we give them the chance to to meet in, in very closed doors. There's no no media coverage. Nothing. Just just. We need we need them to to feel at ease, not really be uh, conscious, not to be disturbed, uh, and and really, I think your guidance, you and Imam Majid, and our support to you, I think, guided the 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 the, the ship to to the to the right to the to the harbor safely. And I think after that meeting, I I felt I knew, and I've been following the news in Pakistan in particular. That, that, that the, the, the violence against the Christians went down. In fact, at that, at that gathering, the Muslim and the Christians of Pakistan, this, it's maybe this, their first time to, to meet each other face-to-face uh, -face and discuss issues of, um, of their safety, of, uh, of the um, uh, security of their land. Uh, it's, it's, so it, it was... for. For them, it was really a great opportunity. And so thank you so much, you and Imam Majid, for bringing this up. And I thought uh, probably, probably we need to do similar things with others, like, uh, as you said, the Buddhists in, 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 in Burma. We probably need to do similar thing with the guys in, 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 in countries in Africa. I, it, I, mean, I mean, probably not you and I all the time, but maybe somebody in the audience will 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 come up with ideas to do similar things yeah. with other well, with other groups you know in order if everyone of us does his or her part i think we 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 can you know, eliminate this misunderstanding i, I want to publicly thank you for doing that 
I mean, you took a chance. You were the first and you got behind it and you allowed us to execute on an idea. And it's an idea that now has uh, grown and spread in many U.S. cities. It's continuing to grow several countries around the world. Uh, in the next 12 months alone, uh, we'll be in Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Sudan, uh, and a few other places we're finalizing. And uh, I'm excited we'll be coming to Qatar, uh, where we did the first one. We're coming back. And, and I cannot wait to be there. Uh, COVID has slowed us down a little bit, uh, but we've been getting everything put together. And uh, I can't wait to be there. You, you know, Dr. Al-Naimi, he, here's what I discovered. You can have laws on the books for religious freedom, and we need those. But the truth of the matter is, if people of different faiths don't know one another, if they're not friends with one another, then you can have all the laws you want and, and the public still treat minorities in a negative manner. And it's all about relationships. My friendship with you. I mean, you've eaten a meal with me and my son. You know, my son follows you and keeps up with you now. Uh, it's all about relationships. Uh, yes, we need the laws. But I think what we're missing in the world today, where do we go to build those relationships that are safe? I like what you said about news media. And a lot of times people say, you know, Bob, what you're doing, you know, people around the world ought to hear about it. And we're starting to talk about it more. But for many years, we didn't want to talk about it at all because we didn't want people posturing for cameras. We wanted to be able to have hard conversations. Uh, you know, and Dr. Al-Naimi, when we did that, I did the same with Jews. I found out there were Jews that were concerned about Palestinian rights. In my head, I had it that the, the Jews only cared about Israel and Jews. That's not true. Jonathan Sachs became a friend of mine. He was very concerned about Palestinian and how they were treated, and he believed in a two-state solution. Uh, many rabbis, if not the majority of rabbis. So all I'm saying is a lot of times we have these preconceived ideas. You must believe this because you're a Jew, or you must believe this because you're a Muslim. Uh, I'll tell you, Doctor, I remember one time with a group of Muslims and y'all were having your prayer time. But when y'all started praying, I got behind y'all and I began to kneel and pray in my way, in my faith. But I was kneeling with you. And, and do you know what I discovered? I thought Muslims only prayed formal prayers. but I got to be close friends with Majid. And I discovered Muslims freestyle just like we do. I'm a Baptist and, and we don't uh, we don't like written prayers. Uh, it's, it's not a biblical thing. It's more just our religious culture. We like people to pray from the heart. You know what I discovered? Well, Muslims pray from the heart. It's not just the five prayers y'all do. Y'all pray for people to be healed. You pray. And you know what? When I have a problem, sometimes I'll ask you, my Majid, Majid, when you say your prayers, you call them duas. Keep me in mind. Pray for me. Sometimes he'll say, Bob, I need you to pray for me about this. And, you know, I've come to believe, I didn't always believe this. This is bad, Dr. al Naimi. I shouldn't admit this to you. But I used to think God only hears the prayers of Christians because we're right. So he can't hear anybody else's prayers. Well, that's just foolishness. Yeah. If God is everywhere and he's omniscient, he hears all of our prayers. And then I begin to read the New Testament where there were many people who didn't follow Jesus, but he healed them. 
He loved them. He fed them. He cared for them. I just think there's something about a relationship. We experience things that we're not going to experience any other way. I'll tell you this one story, and then I want to ask you a couple of other questions. Believe it or not, I'm in a, we would call them Bible studies, but I'm in a Quran study with Imam Majid. And there's 30 or 40 people I'm a part of. I'm the only Christian, and there's a Jew. So there's me and this one Jew from Harvard. (laughs) And I've learned a lot from reading the Quran. And there's this one surah that I love. And here's what it says I, I can't, I don't know the Arabic, but it says, when you kneel to pray, don't kneel to pray just looking to God. When you kneel to pray, realize there are other people around you also kneeling to pray. In other words, it's saying when you're asking God for an issue, other people also hurt. So don't just pray to God, oh, God, help me, but God, help us. We're all in this life together. I wouldn't know any of that if I wasn't friends with Imam Majid. And uh, so, so I don't know the relationships to me. I mean, you, my relationship with you will never change. And to me, that's what matters. And I've got friends that are in countries that a lot of people say, oh, that's a bad country. Well, I'm sorry. I'm still friends with people in those countries. And I'm not going to stop being their friends because I may disagree uh, with their government. So in the next few months, we're going to have people from the Middle East uh, gather in Qatar for an event that we're putting together. It's The idea is from religious freedom to religious responsibility. And we're going to meet and we're going to have pastors and imams from Qatar. And we're bringing pastors, imams, and rabbis from the States. And we're going to do the retreat again. And we'll come back and do that in other cities here in the U.S. Uh, we'll be having people from different countries coming. We'll have clerics. We'll also have government leaders. We'll have legal scholars, and there's going to be a conference going on on rule of law and what that looks like. And uh, a friend of ours, Greg Mitchell, who does the international roundtables, will be coming and introducing that. So we'll do it with Qatar, but we'll also do it with about 10 nations present to continue to try to spread it out around the world. And I am incredibly grateful for your desire and, and passion for this and your willingness to do this. And uh, the way that came about is uh, I was speaking at a friend of mine in Washington, D.C., a Muslim named Ray Mahmood. And the, uh, there were some people from Qatar who heard about that and being a religious project. And they approached me about it. And we both knew you. And I said, if there's any way we could do it with him. So I was ecstatic when they said, OK, Bob. Are you willing to do that with Dr. Al-Naimi? I said, well, yes, he's the man who started it all. So what are your dreams? What is your, what is your vision? What do you hope to see us accomplish? Well, for Qatar, for example, we are, we are now planning or working to host the 2022 uh, World Cup. And this is a big event for, um, for my country. small country to host this big event. It's something amazing. So we here in Qatar, we wish that, you know, this opportunity or this, um, this event, when it comes, will be all ready to, to welcome all these people come from all, all over the world with, with their background, with their ethnicities, with their beliefs, their religions, to, to come and 
and enjoy their stay here and have really feel how Qatar, Qatar is a place people can come and, and enjoy their, their stay here in Qatar. So this is one thing we are we are working on. It. It's not in our dreams. It's it's reality. We we doing everything. We doing programs, training for our kids, for our teachers in schools and colleges to prepare, and also for the volunteers to to, to prepare for our people in order in order to receive these guests and really give them a big welcome and tell them that they are they are this is their this place will welcome them regardless of their religion. And if they, whatever they, they have, their backgrounds, they are welcome, enjoy it. We love you. We, we as Muslims, we love oh, everyone around the world. So this is one, one of the short distant goals. But the, the long distant goals, as I said, to, to, to see a more peaceful w- world. We like to see uh, the, solu- uh, the resolution of the uh, Palestinian-Israeli uh, conflict to be settled. We we hope to see our brothers and sisters in in Iraq and and uh, Syria, Muslims and Christians live live in peace as you as they used to be. Uh, we'd like to see or we hope to see the the people in, in Yemen uh, living living happily, and we see the Jews uh, minority there really. Uh, Continue to prosper, to 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 add to the value that they used to give, to give in, in, in Yemen. I hope we we pray to. to yani, this is what we try to do. We, we can talk about this, the whole world to be the uh, in similar and similar places. We, you know, uh, this agreement or all this um, between people, regardless of their background, uh, it really doesn't help our God uh, brought uh, human. Uh, mankind uh, to worship and to work and to love each other and to support each other. This is the purpose of our uh, uh, of the mankind to return on earth. So, so are we doing that? Are we fulfilling the, the, this role, or or we are we are going astray? We are doing something against what uh, our uh, Lord had brought us to this land to do. I mean, that is fantastic. I love yeah, that. So, if we, if, if we can reach out to that or, or get closer to what we, what we are supposed to, to be uh, doing in, the, in this in this life, I think this is, this is a great uh, great achievement. And um, but I, you know, um, I, I, if you look at me, look at me now. I, I look at the whole world before to nine um, eleven uh, and after nine eleven. Now we. We, I think, we we open up the the, the, the world. We, we now we talk frankly to each other. We we support each other. I mean, I know now if there is a Muslim, uh, if, if a Muslim has a difficult time in in any place in, in the U.S., he or she will get a lot of support from his brothers, Muslims, Christians, and Jews, or even non-believers, because I think this had changed the 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 the, the chemistry. Of, of of the relation between people had changed. If something happened to a Christian in this part of the world, we all feel bad. If the of those guys in in in, in Iraq, um, the Azidis got killed and uh, tortured. Okay, uh, they are from different religions, but we felt so bad. We you know as as a country and as people. So, and and same thing if, if something happened to any Muslim. Or a Christian, or Jew, any, and all over the world. I think he's a human. He or she is a human being. 
Yeah. We should respect and dignify this, uh, the, the, this, the soul of this person. So this is, I think this is the role that we all had to take. I love it. And uh, I didn't even think about the World Cup. But if you need me to be there to help, I, I'm going to volunteer the whole time. <laughs> You're welcome. So I'll be an American volunteer for you. But I got to bring my son. He's going to want to see that. So let okay. me, let me, this has been incredible. Let, let me ask you just some, some uh, fun questions if I could. You've been to America several times. What's your favorite city? My, my city is, is LA. I, I, <laughs> I lived there for six years and uh, studied there and I love to go back there all the time. But you know, America, the U.S. is a beautiful country. It has all, yeah, and it is a country, it's the whole world there. You have, every corner of the U.S. is different. It has its own taste. It's, 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 the people are excellent. We love the American people. I mean, in general, they are, they are very friendly and you don't see, the, you don't see this in uh, the American um, you mean in 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 the other uh, countries? I mean, the, the Americans are so open, so lovable. So so uh, I, I love these people. I love this country, and been there, and I, it's uh, it's part. This it was part of my uh, life for for some time, and it's part of my. I think uh, I was made up of a you know of combination of things. Among them, this few years I spent in the U.S. It, it, it shaped up my 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 thoughts, shaped up my uh, thinking, and uh, and I'm I'm glad that I made it into the U.S. Uh, really, so I, I will never regret that. All right, now this is a hard question. I want you to think carefully before you answer. Do you like hamburgers? Love it. I love it. Do you really? What's Especially your favorite? What's the your homemade favorite? ones? <laughs> yeah, the homemade ones. I, I, I'm not talking about the. The fast food one, I don't want to call names, but, uh, but uh, I, I, I love the, I love, I love the steaks, the Texan steaks. It's really uh, beautiful. Uh, they're they're the best. Delicious. Dr. Al Naim. I know, the best. I know. And in baseball, did you, have you ever been to a baseball game? Yeah. Did you like yep. it? Be honest. Did you like it? Yeah. I, I, I like to go to, to watch the, the world series. I mean, the, 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 the not not the regular games that are a little bit boring, but but the the World Series when the Dodgers are playing, I love to go there, and <laughs> right, I did go. All right, last question: What would you say to Americans you want them to know about Qatar? What would you say if there's one thing you could say to Americans that are listening to this? Here's what I want you to know about Qatar and me and us and Muslims. Here's what you should know about it. What would it be? I um, I would uh, say this, the same thing you mentioned earlier, and in, in your in your talk and your podcast, that you know uh, you shouldn't be afraid of uh, of coming. I remember at one conference. I don't know if I can take some of a few minutes, but I remember oh, great. at at conf, one of the conferences, I am. It was about youth. So somebody nominated some young uh, people from the U.S. to come. And to, to join this conference because we wanted to, we want the youth to speak, not not the elderly people, uh, you know, not the leaders. We want the so one of the young guys I invited as a as a Jew from New York, okay, and uh, he for uh, one of the universities, good universities, uh, and he's he's doing interfaith, and we, uh, so when he came to the to the country to to Qatar. 
I, I, I met him at the hotel. With, he just arrived at the airport and he was shaking. You imagine, imagine a young guy in front of you and he's shaking, scared. And I, I sat with him on the side. I tell him, tell me, what's the, what's the problem? Are you sick or something? I said, no, no, no. But many people in the U.S. told me, these guys will kill you. My parents, they, they didn't want me to come here. They, they, they said, these Muslims are, you know, they hate you. They will kill you. And uh, I'm afraid. I'm really afraid. And uh, I, I don't know if this, I made the right decision or not. I told him, listen, uh, you are now, uh, you are in this hotel. If you, you can stay here all the, all the time. You don't have to leave. And, and the hotel has security and everything. And uh, enjoy it. This is my phone number. Call me anytime, anytime, yeah, night. Don't worry. Uh, he came for the conference, okay? And, you know, after uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to meet you and let's discuss. It. If you wish to go out, I can take you by myself. I said, okay. The following day, he attended the conference and he, he, he was a bit relaxed. You know, and the day after and the day after, and then he started to go out with guys. He used to go to, to stay uh, out of the hotel, visiting a lot of people and uh, having meals, Qatari meals and everything. And if the, the, the last day he, well, he has to leave, he told me, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here forever. I wow. told him, this is, uh, <laughs> so so, so uh, this is an example. I, uh, Qatar represents the whole Arab world. We are part of this world. This world is, is, is uh, well known for its hospitality. The, the Arabs are very hospitable people. They, they, we love Muslims and Arabs. We love uh, our guests. We, we care about them. We protect them even. So this is part of our religion. It's about, about culture. Now, what happened the la these few years of um, uh, turbulence in, in, this, in these countries doesn't mean the people are bad. It means that there, are so there is something wrong going on. We don't want to go talk about politics here, but, but, uh, but, but the people in the Arab world, the, the Muslims and Arabs are very fine, very nice, very friendly, honest people. The, 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 real, the real Muslims are honest. They don't lie. They don't, um, uh, they, they, are, they are always, uh, uh, they love, to, like, like the Christian, they love to, 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 to them, to, to the others, as much as they love, they love, they love things to them. So we, we, so we care about the other. We love them. We, we respect them. And, uh, and I think you, you and maybe many people from the, from the audience been in this part of the world, and really I think they, they enjoyed it. Qatar uh, welcome everyone. Everyone come from uh, the U.S. from come from you, uh, uh, Pastor Bob. He's welcome. To say, he can call me. We can arrange for him uh, to have a good stay in, in my country. And um, yeah, just uh, can't wait to, to see you in person in Doha in a couple of uh, months. I think. We're looking forward to it. So from your tradition, assalamu alaikum. From mine, God bless you, my friend. This has been a blast. Thank you very much. Alaikum assalam. Thank you. God bless you too. And everyone, say hello to your son or your family. I will. Thank you so much for joining us on this storytelling journey with Pastor Bob. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful or intriguing, we would love for you to give us a review and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Doing this will help others find their way to this podcast, and it will be very helpful and be a part of spreading the message of bridge building and peacemaking. So please do so if you liked this episode. For full show notes, links, details of the episode, you can always go to Bob Roberts Jr. 
bulldlovepodcast.com and find those there. So we appreciate you joining us on another episode of the Bold Love Podcast, where we want to encourage you to live out your faith boldly, how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. We'll see you next time. 